Welcome to Shatter by Rockwell Automation Women in the Field. We're your hosts, Olivia Robertson and Corinne Pellish. Today, Lauren Harrington joins us as we talk about sisterhood and women supporting women. Harrington is involved in multiple employee resource groups, a people manager, oil and gas industry leader, a mom, a wife, a STEM ambassador, and so much more. Lauren, welcome to Shatter. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You're part of our pilot experience here, so we were happy to lean on you. I'm a beta, huh? You're a beta, but we're but you're actually an alpha. So ah, very nice. <laughs> Most <Thank> definitely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Today, uh, you're an industry team lead out of Pittsburgh, PA, supporting the oil and gas market. How did you first get introduced to the world of manufacturing and heavy industry? Oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. The, um, mm-hmm. So my first internship, which then turned into a part-time job as I was in school, was with a manufacturer in Pennsylvania, and um, they focused on medium voltage drives, power large power converters mm-hmm. uh, in, in water, water, wastewater, and also in oil and gas. So those were the two main areas that they focused on. So that's really all I knew in yeah. business. So um, what, what's interesting is when I first went to school, my guidance counselor told me, well, you're really good in math, so we're just going to send you for accounting. And to this, I, I can't even balance a checkbook. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was I was taking uh, physics as a, um, an elective, that I, and I was just loving it. And it was a, a teacher from, a professor from India that told me, he says, you know, you should really look at engineering and explain why I love math so much. So for sure. No, that's awesome. I think that's one of the reasons I've been drawn to, to engineering. It's that problem solving. And I can tell you, though, in my day-to-day job, I miss doing integrals in math. Like, I never thought I would say that, but I'm like, ah, oh, at least there was an answer to get to, you know? Hey, would that be like very nerdy of us to start a math club also like at, at uh, Rockwell, you know? I, I wouldn't be against it. I might have been involved in a math club in high school. So let's bring it back. <laughs> and you could be one of the leaders because you could guide us. Absolutely. Well, yeah, calculus all day. <laughs> Lauren, I actually don't know what type of engineering did you study? So I started with electrical engineering, and then I went into electromechanical engineering. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. My whole family studied electrical engineering. And I remember my mom, there was a professor that told my mom, what are you doing in electrical engineering? That's a man's job. And she said, I'll show you. <laughs> so she went <laughs> and actually, the motivator, you know, right? tell me I can't do it and, and I'll show you. Exactly. So she like went on, she worked for Hughes Aircraft um, in Denver and had um, government clearance and was reading code from satellites. I'm like, way to go, um, mama. Like you, way to just be a trailblazer and, and take things on and not be worried about it, you know? Yeah, no, I, I would love to hear her experiences and her story. And it's funny because when we go to different universities now, I always ask, you know, what are you studying? What, what, what's your discipline? Where do you, you know, why are you there? And it is really hard to find women in electrical engineering. Every, yes. It's either chemical, bio, biomedical, or um, mechanical. Yes, agreed. But Lauren, 
the oil and gas industry is truly like one of those male dominated fields. So Mm -hmm. even more than just traditional, like you were just stating about, like, it's really hard to find women in electrical um, engineering, computer engineering even. So how did you build a layer of credibility within the oil and gas industry amidst this challenge, just being, you know, a female and being a true industry leader locally? Oh, well, thanks for that. The, um, you know, I, I don't know that I have proven credibility, uh, you know, with person to person, it's always different what you have mm-hmm. seemingly prove to them in order for them to take you seriously. But, mm-hmm. but I think by, by being reliable um, and someone who always, you know, gave them answers, reliable and helpful, that that can be just as powerful and more, and people respond to that. But, um, it, you know, when I was in oil and gas, it was um, offshore. So there was one project um, off the coast of Angola for Shell, actually, where they had to smuggle me in and then fly me out via helicopter to the site. Um, so, but, wow. but, you know, tell, you can't, it's not like you go into a meeting and you tell the story on how, yeah, I was on a platform, how we had to do a startup of some meeting builders drive on the platform and, and um, you know, that doesn't get you anywhere. So, you know, wow. you just kind of have to, each, each job's different and each job just kind of however you can support it. And, and hopefully it's, it's what they need. You're giving them what they need at that time. Wow. I, that's a wild story. We might have to grab a beer sometime and I want to hear more about that <laughs> right? one. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Well, they didn't tell me until afterwards that, that they were having a problem with, with uh, field service people coming in and being kidnapped. Oh right? my gosh. Yeah, well, that's a little bit I, of a detail you'd need to be yeah, aware of. Exactly. And that, then they had extra insurance on my head going out there. So, yeah, they left that out a little bit. So, I, and I wonder now if it's because no one else would go out that they sent me. So, I, wow. I don't know. Well, I'm thankful you lived to tell the tale and now you've got one of those stripes, you know, on your back that you can just, <laughs> you go into your accounts and you're like, hey, listen to this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, onshoring is a little bit different than than offshore. So it's it's having to kind of prove yourself all over again, right? And that yeah. credibility. So what advice would you give to young women starting in their career, especially in the field of manufacturing, trying to build this credibility that you have? You know, no matter how much experience you have, I feel like you're always trying to prove yourself. So don't think, one, that that ever goes away, but also... Mm-hmm that you have to prove yourself. You know, if you are attentive, you're listen, ask questions. Don't be afraid to not know. I would say ask a lot of questions and be be helpful where you can be helpful. And then people will reciprocate and yeah. kind of teach you along the way too. I think if you just sit back and don't sit at the table, mm-hmm. then people will let you sit back and just think that you have nothing to offer. So you have to show them that you have some diligence and some curiosity. And I think that's really the strongest point you can, you can show for people to pay attention. This podcast episode brought to you by Rockwell Automation's Bulletin 800T slash H 30 millimeter push buttons. These operators are designed and constructed to perform in the most demanding industrial environments. Bold yet functional, rugged yet attractive, our operators represent the world's most innovative and unique offerings. Bulletin 800T slash H 30 millimeter push buttons.
Absolutely. And I, I really like what you said there about sitting at the table, because that really brings us to the topic of, of today's discussion around women supporting women and truly entering into a sisterhood with each other, uh, whether it's personally or professionally. You know, traditionally, women have been, uh, quote unquote, like pitted against each other because there is only maybe, quote unquote, one seat at the table, when in reality, there's, there's numerous seats at the table who, for those who are um, more qualified and should be at the table with, you know, diverse backgrounds, those types of things, we, we need to continuously pull up more and more chairs. So how, though, within a, a male-dominated industry, do we pivot that conversation to saying, hey, there are seats at the table, come alongside me. Like I've, I've fought my way for, you know, however many years before in trailblaze so that there are more seats at the table for females. Why is this so important to you, Lauren? Oh gosh, it's really, and well, it's really important to me because I didn't even realize that I was just constantly in survival mode myself Mm -hmm. with another woman engineer until I got, until I came to Rockwell. But like 15 years of experience and then I get to Rockwell and there's other female engineers and they're sharing their experience the same as mine. I'm like, oh my gosh, that happens to you too? Like I, I thought it was me. I thought maybe I just didn't know how to communicate. I've been working on that. And right, you know, um, so so I, I realized at that point it's not just about my own survival and me figuring out how to survive, but I really It's about me uplifting the person next to me and helping the other women. And in turn, that helps me. And and that's the part I missed. I didn't, I didn't see it first that power women empower women. Yes. I love it. I really have learned that. And uh, what's interesting too, is that, you know, the the spotlight is very um, reciprocating in the sense where you highlight someone else and you really Mm -hmm. help somebody else shine. And even though you know, you think you're lifting that other person up and helping them be in the spotlight and it puts you in the spotlight just as much. Absolutely. That, right. You know, helping guide that person and, and not that that's the reason to do it, but if people are afraid that if you help others, you won't be seen, that's, that's not the case at all. Right. And I like what you said there too. I mean, the, the power is, is on our shoulders as female leaders in the industry to stand up for each other, to make sure our voices, voices are heard instead of being like, gosh, how come no one listens to me? You know, or how come no one listens to Olivia? It's instead changing the narrative to, I'm going to choose to listen to Lauren and I'm going to choose to amplify her voice versus, well, guess we're just not going to be heard. Guess we're just going to continue to be the minority in this situation. You know, what's so funny about that too, is I think about two women growing up that were really impactful in my life and they were actually my best friends at the time, their mothers. And both of them were children of Holocaust survivors that grew up in Brooklyn. And one went to Juilliard at like age 16, studied classical violin, and then went to school to be a tax attorney, you know? And, you know, what woman does that in the 70s, right? And they were so pro, you can be anything you want, education focus. And same with the the other mother, Um, she was also... Uh, an attorney, but, you know, they could have easily, uh, I guess, uh, you know, played the victim mm-hmm. all 70s, you know, come from families that, that survived the Holocaust and, you know, but they were very, very empowering. So I guess it's, that's really interesting as far as where strength comes from. 
you know? Yeah, I uh, love that. To, we need to feed that to each other. So how has sisterhood shown up in your life? Or specifically, if there's any stories you can share or examples you can give us? Um, oh boy. Well, it was my, you know, career. Where to begin, right? Yeah, yeah, where to begin, right? <laughs> right. You, um, you had mentioned about, uh, oh, you know, customers mm-hmm. you work with, things like that. And, and you stirred a story that I, that I remembered being very deliberate in doing. And I think back now and I think, you know, why did I, why did I do that? And I can't, can't think of why I did it, but I was at a customer meeting and there was only one other female engineer I, she was she was just one of the other engineers, and the men did most of the talking, and they were asking me lots of questions about a certain solution, and I focused in on her, and I whenever I responded or I asked a question, I just focused in on her mm-hmm. and, and really engaged her, and what was what was strange about that is by the end of the meeting, all the men looked to her as well, like she was the leader in the wow. meeting, so she started out kind of one of the bunch and then everyone, and I thought, isn't that amazing how we can almost train each other, right. To, you know, to who the leader is and and who we can go to for answers. And so, but that's, you know, that was very empowering for me. And uh, so with that, I, I, I also try and go to, you know, volunteer different STEM activities, uh, go to different universities and talk about what is it like, you know, as a, as a female and, and a STEM not that I think I have anything to offer, but sometimes I think if they just see you there, they just right. see, yeah, I've been mm-hmm. doing and I love it. And I'm really passionate about it. And you should do it too. You know, there, there's a catch 22 to that because I don't know, they're, you kind of feel like, am I telling them the whole truth? Right. I mean, sure. you know, they're going to run into some barriers and, you know, hit some of those biases, but I don't know. Is that, is that in all fields, you know, that you see that or, yeah. No, it's a great point. And I think, I think it is in all fields, just in different ways, but to see a successful female leader does change the narrative. You know, a, a fifth grader who loves math and loves problem solving and loves tinkering needs to know that, hey, maybe traditionally engineering has been male dominated, but you know what? Legos are my favorite thing ever. They need to know that they've got a, a career path out there that they can get to versus should they follow, um, quote unquote, more traditional, you know, gender norm type careers. And it's like, no, break the barrier. Who cares? You know, if, yeah. if you love it, go after it. And if it's something you're, you're really good at, who are we to say no anymore? We should be yeah. saying, come join me, come join the fight. Like it's not going to be all roses and butterflies. We're going to have some fun along the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Highlight some of the fun along the way. And the, um, how it just builds your kind of inner character. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's really neat. So you spoke a little bit to what you're doing, you know, empowering women, um, within like your customer base and, you know, with, with STEM programs, are you doing anything specifically within Rockwell, maybe with an employee resource group or just being, you know, a, a leader out of the Pittsburgh office? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I would say nothing formally. Um, I always try and touch base with other women and, and half the time they're probably like, why are you calling me? Like, 
with you. I don't report to you or anything, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I just want to call and just be like, what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? And so, so I try and do that. Um, the other thing is I am uh, East Region lead ally for Cultures Connected because yeah. I feel there's a very strong correlation to, I, I hope for allies, so I mm-hmm. should for someone too. How can I be an ally? And mm-hmm. not for me to say that I'm an ally, but you know, it's for them to say if I'm an ally or not, but, but I'm learning. So I think that's part of the battle is, is that being open to learning instead of trying to remain stagnant in our, in our thought processes. But I will just share with you. I mean, you are an absolute leader in the Pittsburgh office. It's oh, it, it just to know that there's another um, successful female and someone you can bounce ideas off of, whether it's attire, right? Like, oh, should I be wearing a sport jacket for this you know, <laughs> meeting? Or like, should I be wearing high heels as a dress? Too? Like, it's just, just the little things are so crucial. Or even like, you know, where did you go get your PPE to go to a customer site? You know, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things about men are able to go to traditional stores because they have the sizing that fits them. You know, they don't always make steel-toed shoes shoes, um, with three options for women. Sometimes it's just one. Sometimes they don't have extra small in the pants because they're made for men. So just having someone to bounce those things off of is just absolutely important. And I can tell you, Lauren, you do call and it's Sometimes I'm like, oh, man, what does Lauren need again? But but you always do make sure that like, what is Corinne up to today? You know, is she feeling helped? Is she does she need something? How can I help? And that goes beyond, um, I think, tradition and how neat to be in an environment where it's like, hey, I know I've got someone's got my back, and it's another female who's going to advocate on my behalf and help me get to where I want to go. So. It may not oh, feel great. like you're always being, you know, a, a quote unquote formal leader, but you are enabling women and empowering women in more than way, ways than one. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. That, that's good yeah. to hear. I'm not, I'm not uh, very good at communicating often, you know, why I call or why I'm asking you certain <laughs> things. <laughs> hey, it's, it's an ongoing pursuit, right? And everyone in every single office is different. And so it's, uh, sometimes people, there's no rule book, right? There's no there's guidebook on how to do this. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely not. But I mean, even just your leadership with, uh, rock automation, women in the field, you know, you were East region co-lead and those types of things. So just like you said earlier in the discussion today, being present and being visible is also just a testament to enabling, uh, the youth coming up and to be these next generation leaders to say, Hey, Hey, Lauren did it. All right. Um, I can be there too. Yeah, she can do it. Anyone can do it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what people say about me. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, it's or me. I, no, when I, first, I think about when I first joined Rockwell and watching women like Jane Barr or Michelle. Oh, yeah. And when they talk, and everybody leans in, right? Like to mm-hmm. and and what do they have to say? And very insightful and... Um, you know, that, that's also very empowering seeing that thing. Like, yes. How do I be me, but also have that, right? Cause at first I was like, well, how do I mimic that? You know, it's like, you can't mimic that, you know, they've carved their way, but, um, but yeah, how do I, how do I find who I'm good and what I'm good at? And, and then, you know, build on that. So. Absolutely. Cause we don't need, you know, 10 million Tessas running around or Jane bars. We need 
the Olivia Robertsons, we need the Lauren Harrington's, we need Corinne Polishes, like we need the difference yeah. and diversity of thought. Um, of how boring would that be if we all were like exactly the same? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> boo, no one wants that. <laughs> yeah, true. So I think that's the beauty of it is realizing that supporting our sisters doesn't mean that it takes anything away from us. It just means we're amplifying right. each other's voices, which is a completely different outlook than I think we've been taught to have for way too long. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And right. you know, what's crazy about it is you have to be so deliberate about it. It's not like it comes naturally. Right. You really mm-hmm. have to purposefully do it, but I'll tell you, it feels so good. Mm-hmm. And just when you, when you do do it, when you, you know, I, I hate to use the word empower again, but but when you, when you do that for somebody else, it's almost even more gratifying. Mm-hmm. You know, right. When it's for yourself. So. And, and especially when you see those people that you empowered, empowering others, yeah, then you so know that true. really is when what you did has affected others too. Yeah. Hey, we're onto something here. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like pay it <laughs> forward pay or something. Forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a huge ripple yeah. effect. I love it. So how do we engage with women who may not feel as passionately about this subject and we could call them the naysayers or even some men that are also mm-hmm. kind of against this or not necessarily against it, but not as supportive of this community. Yeah. I, you know, I'll be honest, I, I don't think, I don't think we can. Um, if, if somebody's a naysayer, I don't think, I, I wouldn't want to waste energy on trying to change their mind. You know, they have their views and, and more power to them. Right. So mm-hmm. I just, I think we should use all that energy to focus on each other and help each other. And, you know, I I was looking at some statistics from the Catalyst Org and women are 45% more likely to leave tech industry than men. And not because they're having babies or not not good at what they do, but because it's the work experience, right? sure. So how do we turn around that work experience Mm -hmm. so that it's a good experience and you know, they don't feel that isolation or that bias or, or feel like they have to do 10 times as much to, to get a voice, right? Uh, or mm-hmm. see people. So that, that's kind of where my mindset goes. You know, I don't think we're going to change every, everybody's mind, but if we can, you know, yeah. feel like a woman's not alone and, and that, yeah, you know, I, I get you and this is what happened to me and share some of that. I, yeah. I think we, can, we can help each other. Well, yeah. even, even so in like the, in the meetings when, um, you know, maybe there's a, I always think about interns, you know, a lot of times those are the folks that come in Mm -hmm. and we have to really focus on giving them the best experience because that is the next generation. So how do we show them that they are welcome here? So I always think about, you know, when we're at a meeting, a customer meeting, um, and if there's not enough room at the table, how do we make sure that even though it's uncomfortable, let's make sure we do pull up that chair because they deserve to be, you know, present and included as well versus, the easy thing would be like, yeah, no, just sit at the back or, you know what I mean? Or don't make waves at the mm-hmm. customer or, you know, let's, let's make sure everyone else is comfortable. So there's like this balance. I think we can try to find to shake things up and up enough, but make sure that everyone's included as well. What's, you know, what's interesting about that is now with virtual meetings, mm-hmm. right? you mm-hmm. really have to call people out. And I was on a call and, you know, I, it's very easy to go back into old habits, mm-hmm. right? You just sit back and listen. And then afterwards you're like, Hey, this is what I think and follow up. Right. As opposed to jumping in and saying, right. no, 
I think this is what we need to do. And what was really interesting is on this call, it was um, Olivia Leake and myself and a couple of other men. And midway through, Olivia Leake called out to me and she says, well, Lauren, what do you think about that? What's your, what's your thoughts? On that? And I was like, you know, <laughs> like, I'm here. Right. <laughs> I forgot I can talk now. Right. So, <laughs> and so I, you know, and, and I think that's really important, especially in virtual meetings to, mm-hmm. you know, call each other out and say, mm-hmm. so, you know, what do you think about that? And that's a great point. What do you, you know, it, it, um, it was such a good reminder and it, and it felt really good. Like, Oh, okay. No. Yeah, your your input was valued, right? They wanted yeah. to hear what you had to say. Yeah. And yes. I think too, I mean, gosh, virtual meetings, conference calls, how often are women talked over? You know? So how do we say, oh. hey, I think Olivia was saying something there. Do you mind if we circle back and and you know let her finish her thought and try to yeah. support each other? And I love that. I'm writing that one down. (laughs) I love it. Yes. And I've actually had to do that before too, Mm -hmm. where, I mean, being in the sales organization, we have such outgoing people that we work Mm -hmm. with all the time that are these maverick personalities that are going to go out and just do it. And that's certainly something that I've personally even have to be like, okay, hold on. That's a great idea. But someone else is in the meeting and they're in a meeting. They're in this meeting for a purpose and a reason. And we need their perspective. So yeah, we all just need to be very cognizant of that and make sure that we are doing that for our, I guess, fellow women and any of our, not even women, just our fellow coworkers in general. Yeah. Great point. How do we, how do we help enable people to, to speak up and know that they're heard and that their input is valued? Cause it is. Yeah. I I wonder, I, you know, I wonder, I would think that was, that's the best practice for Mm -hmm meetings where if there's someone in the meeting that is, I mean, unless it's like a large group, but if there's somebody who isn't, hasn't spoken yet, if mm-hmm. kind of calling them out to engage them, yeah. uh, you know, that sounds, um, that sounds like a good idea. I'm going to try and be more purposeful to do that. Right? I know that I personally struggle with, like, I don't like large group settings. So if I early on fall into just the listen mode, I will not mm-hmm. truly speak unless called upon. And I think I have a, mm-hmm. Lauren's like shaking her head. Yes. <laughs> She's like, mm-hmm, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Um, and so I, I often have something to say, but I'm like, well, now it's been 30 minutes and does anyone know I'm still on this call, you know, or whatever. Right. And how do you, how do we find our voice, but we can support each other in that to making sure, Hey, your thought process might be what three other people are thinking and it's okay for you to speak up and share. Yeah. Oh, no, I was, I was totally agreeing too. And I, um, I do think that as women, we tend to tend to allow others to speak first. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and also think, well, maybe it's just me that thinks that when right. usually it's everybody is thinking the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess Lauren, to wrap things up, what's the overall message to women out there? How do we learn to amplify other women and build each other up? What's your end all be all Lorenism to <laughs> knock this thing out of the park. Yeah. I, you know, what I, what I would love to see is maybe even creating almost like a buddy system where mm-hmm. we get their feedback, right. We're giving each other feedback on how to be better, where just as we're calling each other out and giving each other, helping give each other a voice and maybe even shift 
uh, where we're not in that survival mode and not in that how do I how do I engage how do I be seen as much as you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna help that person be seen mm-hmm. and be better at helping other people sometimes and finding a passion than than sometimes even ourselves so if we can I think if we can help each other and even find somebody that you're going to buddy with and you're going to amplify each other and advocate for each other. Um, there, there's some, there's some power in that. I would love to see that, that chain reaction and providing each other feedback that worked, but also that didn't work. Don't just say it's great, you know, as a champion voice, but really be specific on some pointers that I think we can all grow together for that. So I, I would love to see that type of No, I think that's great. And I actually think that plays into a lot of female innate traits. I don't know if that's the right phrase Mm -hmm. there, but we, we love to support and care for one another. You know, I mean, we, a lot of us just have that, like, Hey, maybe I'm not good enough, but this individual is, so we can really pump each other up, you know, well. Mm -hmm. So how do we embrace that? You know, I think a lot of times with friendships, even like with a mother daughter relationship, we, we really do well with being like, Hey, my mom's the coolest person I know. You know what I mean? Like, so you kind of just, how do we do that for each other in the workplace? So whether it's customer, whether it's internal, whether it's a a strategic partner, how do we make sure that we're saying, Hey, this person has a really neat idea. Let's make sure we, we go to her and and listen to Mm -hmm. it and let her truly like um, expand the, the thought here. Yeah, we, we really have to be mindful and, and deliberate about it. And, you know, I, a little tell of mine is I have a, a sticky that I have on my computer and it has the names of a bunch of women that I always try and connect with, you know, and um, whether mm-hmm. inside the region, outside the region. And because I do have to remind myself, I do have to be purposeful about it or you get caught up, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You go into that survival mood and how, how am I focusing and doing things? But um, you have to make it um, an actionable item that you have on your calendar to do that. So. Yeah, I like it. I like that deliberate, actionable, amplify, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> deliberate with your mentorship and deliberate and intentional with your sisterhood, right? That's right. That's the new, that's the new theme. I love it. Yes. Um, Thank you for joining us. I think you gave some really great insights and we want to thank you for joining us and sharing your story. So until our next podcast, thanks all for listening.